You are listening to Alter Echo, a scripture and message podcast with pastors Andy Smith and Kim Kylo of St. John's Lutheran Church, ELCA, Lakeville, Minnesota. Thanks for joining us and worshiping with us. Hello, welcome back to the Alter Echo Sermon Podcast. This is the scripture and the message for Sunday, August 28th of 2022. And this week, friends, if you've been following along with us, is the final chapter of Brian McLaren's book, We Make the Road by Walking. Now, this chapter is titled, God in the End, although last week we actually did read together the very last part of the Bible, and so we heard the proverbial end of the story that way. Today, we're going to come at this from a little different angle, and we're actually going to read two scripture passages because I think they're both really, really good and helpful for us as we think about this. So if you have your Bible, you can open up with me to the first of our two readings, Romans chapter 8, verses 31 through 39. What then are we to say about these things? If God is for us, who is against us? He who did not withhold his own son but gave him up for all of us. Will he not with him also give us everything else? Who will bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is to condemn? It is Jesus Christ who died, yes, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who indeed intercedes for us. Who will separate us from the love of Christ? Will hardship or distress or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword? As it is written, for your sake we are being killed all day long. We are accounted as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Jesus Christ our Lord. Here ends the reading. And the second passage is Luke chapter 15, verses 1 through 32. Then Jesus said, There was a man who had two sons. The younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of the property that will belong to me. So the father divided his property between the two sons. A few days later, the younger son gathered all that he had and traveled to a distant country, and there he squandered his property in dissolute living. When the son had spent everything, a severe famine took place throughout that country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to one of the citizens of that country, who sent him into his field to feed the pigs. The younger son would gladly have filled himself with the pods that the pigs were eating, and no one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired hands have bread enough and to spare? But here I am dying of hunger. I will get up and go to my father, and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me like one of your hired hands. So he set off and went to his father. But while the younger son was still far off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion. 
He ran and put his arms around his son and kissed him. Then the son said to his father, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his slaves, Quickly, bring out a robe, the best one, and put it on him, and put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet, and get the fatted calf and kill it. Let us eat and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to celebrate. Now the elder son was in the field, and when he came and approached the house, he heard music and dancing. He called one of the slaves and asked what was going on. He replied, Your brother has come home. Your father has killed the fatted calf, because he got your brother back safe and sound. Then the older brother became angry and refused to go in. His father came out and began to plead with him. But he answered his father, Listen, for all these years I have been working like a slave for you. I have never disobeyed your command. Yet you have never given me even a young goat that I might celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours came back, who has devoured your property with prostitutes, like you killed the fatted calf for him. Then the father said to him, Son, you are always with me, and all that is mine is yours. But we had to celebrate and rejoice, because this brother of yours was dead and has come back to life. He was lost and has been found. Dear friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So like I mentioned, this last chapter of Brian McLaren's book is called God in the End. So at the end of the day, or at the end of your life, or at the end of everything, however you want to call that, where do you stand with God? Where do we all stand with God? At the end of the day, in other words, what does our faith boil down to? Well, it's grace and forgiveness and celebratory love we see in this story, which are probably all things we feel we believe in as people of Christian faith, right? Grace, forgiveness, and love should be pretty straightforward and simple. We hear in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8, For great, by grace you have been saved through faith. This is not your own doing, it is the gift of God. And in the Lord's Prayer we pray, Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Or depending on your variety, you might pray, Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Or, a little more old school still, you might pray, forgive us our debts as we have forgiven our debtors. Hmm. But this story that is often called the parable of the prodigal son, this story exposes our own propensity as people of Christian faith to put conditions on both of those things conditions on grace, and conditions on forgiveness. So I want to ask you, who deserves grace in this story of the two sons and their father? Is it the younger son? 
Does he deserve grace because of his apology and his humility and coming home after all that's happened? Or is he disqualified from receiving grace and forgiveness because of his reckless spending of his share, quote unquote, of the inheritance? How about the older son? Does he deserve grace? Does he deserve grace and forgiveness because he's always been there for his father? Because he's worked his tail off in the fields day after day after day? Or is the older son disqualified from receiving grace and forgiveness because of his ungrateful and bitter attitude toward his brother and his father? Does he make himself ineligible for grace and forgiveness because of this long-term resentment that he bears that eats away at his life? How about the father? Does he deserve grace and forgiveness because he has done the noble, maybe even impossible thing of welcoming back his son and celebrating? Does the, or is the father rather disqualified from receiving grace and forgiveness? because the father knowingly gave away his wealth, because when his son asked for his share of the inheritance, he said yes, perhaps unwisely? Is he ineligible for grace because he enabled the behavior of his younger son? People of God, is grace truly grace at the end of the day if you have to earn grace or deserve it? Is forgiveness truly forgiveness if it comes with prerequisite conditions? Is God's love for you and me and for all of us truly unconditional? Do we want God's love to work that way? If we use this story of the two sons and their father as a guide for our faith and discerning who God is for us, then this is what makes God's love absolutely scandalous. God's love does not ask us or expect us to become worthy or deserving in order to receive God's love. God's love is the definition of a gift. It is freely given by the giver, regardless of any merit or worthiness, the recipient. In this parable, yes, the younger son came groveling home to his father, offering an honest and humble apology, which the father disregarded completely <laughs> and did not even acknowledge. Instead, we hear in verse 20 that when the father saw the younger son approaching, it says this, While the son was still far off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion. The father ran and put his arms around his son and he kissed him. Before the son could even utter a word, before he even walked all the way to his father, his loving father opened wide his arms and embraced his son. No questions. No chastisement. No expectations of changed behavior. 
no request for the uns no request for the spent inheritance to be repaid not forgiveness that was begrudging or born of obligation none of that just love unspoken forgiveness pure grace and a celebration of lavish extravagant proportions If God's grace and forgiveness come with conditions, then no wonder God is the one you avoid out of fear of punishment when you've messed up. But if God's grace and forgiveness are truly unconditional free gifts, then when you're in trouble, God is the one you can go to for cut for guidance, help, and assurance and trust that God will be there to do anything to help you make it through. If there's any question that remains, let us lean on the words of Romans 8. What could ever separate us from the love of Jesus Christ? Hardship? Distress? persecution, famine, nakedness, peril, or sword? I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, or rulers, nor things present, or things to come, nor powers, or height, nor depth, nor anything else in all of creation could ever separate us from the love of God in Jesus Christ our Lord. Not our sin, not our deaths, not our mistakes, not our failures, not our reckless, perhaps unwise choices. So then if God's grace and forgiveness for you and for all of us comes without conditions or expectations, then let's be clear. God's love is unequivocally lavish, extravagant, and excessive. And that's the very definition of prodigal. God's love for you and for all of us and all creation is reckless. It is impractical. It is absolutely and downright risky. And it is too wonderful. You don't deserve it. None of us do. And that, my friends, is precisely the point. Amen. And now God's word is alive in us again anew. And we get the blessing of being called to let it echo through us out into the world in which we live. Everyone, if you wish to give your offering now to support things like this podcast and the work and ministry of St. John's Church in Lakeville, Minnesota, I invite you to do that. Please go to our website at sjlcl.org. I'll repeat it, sjlcl.org. And up in the right-hand corner, you'll see a little button named Donate. Hit that button and you can give your offering to God and for the work of God in the world through this church in Lakeville, Minnesota. Thank you in advance for the gifts and the offerings that you give.
And now as we go on our way, we are sent with the blessing of peace, the benediction. Dear friends, may the road rise to meet you. May the wind be always at your back. May the sun shine warm upon your face and the rains fall soft upon your fields. And until we meet again, till we meet again, may God hold you in the palm of his hand. God loves you, everyone. God be with you until next week.